Alrighty, after another long weekend of an MLW tournament, back on the microphones and at home base, Brighton, Michigan, we are back. Jack's in the building, Dallas Allen in the building, gonna be a good one. This is the Pipe It Up Podcast, cue the intro. Fellas, how we feeling tonight? Feeling great. Dr. Banana Ball, how we doing? (laughs) I like that. Oh, we lost him. Oh. I guess he didn't want to be on the show tonight. <laughs> well, well, uh, well. I'm sure Dallas will join back in a few moments. That was that was impeccable timing. But uh, Jack, how you feeling? Good. Holidays approaching quickly. Yeah, they're they're sneaking up on us as they always do. But I, I it's it's starting to feel like Christmas. You it know, is. it, it kind of hits that point between Thanksgiving and here comes Dallas. You know, middle of, middle of December where mm-hmm. you you just start to feel it a little bit. Like it hasn't snowed much in michigan yet but mm-hmm. i'm starting to get you know the spirit dude last year i was so in the spirit and i was like really getting antsy because um just working from home every day eight to five just you know sitting in my little my home office um doing a lot of christmas shopping kind of on yep. the clock sort of i guess i shouldn't really admit to that but it's it's true company time this year have not had the chance to do that at all like I've been so busy and I feel I, my gift giving last year, I was bragging about it this year, not even close to where I was last year. Like You've fallen off. Like if last year I was shooting under par, I'm bogey in every hole this, really? this Christmas. Yeah, man. It's tough, dude. Yeah, it's tough. It's reality, but it's tough. Um, Dallas is back now. Do we scare you away or do I smell bad or what's the issue? My mother called me. Ah, oh. classic. She's probably tired too. It was a long weekend. Dallas and yeah, his family, well, Dallas, his mom and dad all, all came down to Houston together and were a huge, huge help um, at the Texas Rumble Tournament, so we appreciate that. And I wanted to have Dallas on today to, to break down the weekend a bit because Dallas is an avid, avid MLW tournament goer. Yeah. I, have you been at every single one since you joined the league? Yeah, I've been, I went to, I've been to every single Wolf of the Mitten since 2018, so, and then, I, yeah, I've been to every other tournament. Gosh, that, that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> That's those young guys are motivated. That's a resume right there. It really is. It really is. But weather was good. Um, for the most part, we experienced a rain delay on Sunday morning. It was a long weekend, guys, because I may have mentioned this before, but when we do Wiffle in the Mitten with even 85 teams or whatever it may be, um, because we're a Michigan-based Wiffle Ball League, most of our players and resources are based in Michigan, so it's much easier to run a large tournament because of the resources we have. Whereas when we take a three-hour flight south, it's not quite so simple um, to put on an event like that, even with, you know, only just less than 50 teams. It's still very difficult. So, and Bonham was supposed to go with us as an extra guy. And he unfortunately got COVID the day before our flights. That was a huge blow to the staff. And it was a huge bummer. I felt bad. He seemed excited to go. So Dallas can speak to this, but it was a grind. I mean, (laughs) I'm not lying. Am I? Oh no, it was was a total grind. It was probably one of the like hardest working ones that I've personally been to. Just because of like some of the factors that we ran into this weekend. Yeah, for sure. Even I know, like, I, I owe your mom and dad. Um, I I can't pay them back for their time too, because I know even they were having to work and hold down the fort at times. Um, it was crazy because yeah, Saturday we got a little bit behind schedule and there was some conflicts, and then Sunday the rain. It rained like a good chunk of the night Saturday into Sunday. Mm-hmm. We get to the field at seven a.m. Sunday morning, Jack, and it's just underwater. Like these turf fields were flooded flooded and like i was like well what do we do now because there was staff there that were clearing fields off and i was like this could be like hours i don't know how long this is going to take and the sun was not out wasn't drying up 
But the staff did a great job, cleared the fields off, and got them at least playable. So once we got going, it was we were off to the races, but we didn't leave the field Sunday night till 9.30. I mean, it was wow. a long, long, long day. Weekend. So what do you guys both think? Dallas, obviously you're a seasoned tournament goer um, and contributor. What do you guys think is the hardest thing about pulling off a successful tournament? Is it just relying on good weather or the actual operations of it? Like if you could maybe name one thing, what would it be? Yeah, for me personally, I would say uh, keeping the fields like not running behind and keeping them on time. Because when when fields get backed up, like just like stuff, just like it just goes wrong kind of. But when fields are running smoothly, the tournament will always run smoothly. It's like a domino effect, like traffic. Yeah, like if you get a game that ends up being like, because there is a time limit, there is a mercy rule, but of course things can happen, like where you have a game that's like 30 to 12 in the 10 to 12 age division where people can't throw a strike or one team's just really good at hitting, and all of a sudden you're 40 minutes behind on a field and that throws off everything. Uh, So that's definitely a challenge. For me, I'd say, you know, we've seen a lot now over the last years uh, running these. We kind of know what curveballs can be thrown at us from the actual tournament perspective, like the actual games themselves, like we were saying, mm-hmm. getting behind and stuff like that. But it's the unknowns that'll get you. The weather, stuff that's out of your control. You know what I mean? Right. The weather, um, like facilities issue at the tournament, field issues at the tournaments, um, teams not um, you know, showing up on time for games, or teams with uh, you know, children that are ill, players that are ill and don't show up. That can cause problems for sure. Um, but... I don't know that answer your what question. Ca- yeah, what kind of what kind of rule you uh, you touched on it briefly there, but what rules do you guys put in place to keep the games running as smoothly and not as on time as possible? Mm-hmm. So the games have a fifty minute time limit, and the games are only a four inning maximum. Okay, and the mercy rules are ten after two and eight after three. So let me give you an example of how things can go awry. So say that there is a game. That is like, I don't know, call it call it an eight to six ball game and it's 46 minutes into gameplay, right? And then they get the last out. We head into the fourth inning and then in the fourth inning in the top of the fourth, when we're, the inning has started now and has to finish that entire inning, they score 15 runs. Then all of a sudden it's like, okay, we barely even started this inning because of the time limit and now it just took an extra half hour. But you can't not play that inning because in the rules, people, you know, you can't right. you respect that. So it just is, you can't do anything about it. Okay, I see. Or sometimes, like, you'll have a game that's kind of a blowout and it's looking like the team's going to get mercied and say they're down, you know, 15 to zero going to the bottom of the second inning. This game's already taken a while because they scored 15 runs. And then maybe because they're younger and a little bit immature and having too much fun, they'll bring in like one of their worst pitchers just for fun. And then this kid can't throw a strike. So now it's 15 to 6. They missed the mercy by one run. Now we go to the third inning. And in the top of the third, they score 15 more runs. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just hard. You don't see that a lot in the 16 plus divisions where the people are a little bit more mature. When the kids are out there having fun, man, you can't stop them from having fun. You yeah. know what I mean? It just yeah. is what it is. Interesting. So, interesting. Do you see any games like that this weekend, Dallas, when you were umpiring? Yeah, there were there were some there were some really competitive games, especially in the young division. But you do get those games where I think I had one that was like twenty five to twenty one or something like that. <laughs> Just a shootout. Yep, you'll see delays in the older guys sometimes in on Sunday because Saturday you can end in a tie to keep things on schedule. But Sunday it's elimination time, so we need a winner for every game. Okay, and like where the World Cup has a shootout, like we don't have shootouts. We have certain rules in place and extra innings to speed it up a little bit, but. You got two pitchers dealing, man. It's just yeah. zero, zero, inning after inning after inning after inning. 
and in the really good teams, you'll see that sometimes. So we had like an eight-inning game yesterday in the older division semifinals that kind of slowed things down. But it is what it is, man. It's all part of the job. Yep. Well, I always like to ask. Uh, I can ask both you guys um, anytime after a tournament just because I'm curious because I don't get to go to as many, or at least at least I haven't yet. But what was the best jersey in in the uh, in the tournament and also maybe the best team name? Maybe those are the same synonymous but they could be different all right for me i remember when we when we put when i got there uh there was a team called the beast in the uh i think i think they were in the 10 12 but they had like a neon like blue jersey and like a neon pink jersey and then they all had like the same matching socks and shorts and it was sick that was that was personally my favorite jersey can i jump in these kids yeah like i said they were 10 to 12 years old these kids look like they were D1 bound baseball players. Like this kid, I'm not kidding. He's probably 11 years old, 10 years old, maybe four foot, not four foot, maybe like four foot five. Mm-hmm. And he's got like this awesome hair. It's bleached, like a long mohawk coming out of the back of his hat. Looks like he's Fernando Tatis. Like he's playing it's, the it's bleached. It's awesome. He got gold chains on. It was so, <laughs> oh, he was on the beast. They, they were, that team was drippy. It was sweet. That's great. I like that. What about the best team name? Um, There's got to be some good ones out there. Oh, there, there definitely was. For me, I think I think I already gave this team a shout out last year because they were there. But it's it's still the best, guys. I have not seen a better team name jersey combo yet at an MLW tournament. Not sure I ever will. Um, the flamingos? It's, no, it's the runs. Oh, the runs. The runs, like you know, scoring runs yep. in baseball. But their logo, the S turns into a roll of toilet paper, mm-hmm. and then the back, they're all number two. And the jerseys are brown. So I just think that. about it for a second. That. And I've never seen anything better than that. There was also a team of characters, funny guys, probably in their mid-20s or so. Um, and they were called, like, the North Houston Tax Collectors. And, like, <laughs> and every time they would start playing, they were like, all right, let's get them. Let's tax them, boys. And, like, they had, like, funny <laughs> slogans. They were just, they were a funny group. Oh, that's hilarious. So, yeah, how about you, Dallas? Anything that beats the runs? I mean, they, that can't be beat in my eyes. Just the fact no, that they're I- all number two is so good. They're in the so I know that Texas is known for a restaurant called Whataburger, and there was two teams named after that, which was What a Sluggers, who was in the ten to twelve, and then there was the What a What a Swings, who was in the sixteen plus. So those two kind of jump out to me just because it's kind of like Texas related, but it's the, I just love the creativity. the The Whataburger brand really has taken a toll on on the Texas community. Like it's everywhere. Like, like like you said, in a wiffle ball tournament, there's two mm-hmm. teams out of forty that are what a swings, what yeah. a sluggers. That like W logo of what a burger. What I saw impact. like on other logo like in other local businesses, kind of like mimicked that and did a similar theme to their businesses it's logo. Just taking over. It's huge down there. We don't even have what a burger up here. No, I, I think I, they Adam, say what a burger. Did you get it while you were down there? We had it last year, Jack. This time, this was a business trip. Yeah, like strictly when we got out of the tournament on both Saturday night and Sunday night, it's like, well, nothing's open. So what do we do? Maybe what a burger was open at that time. We were exhausted. Just eating like gas station. It chips. was just like it was just like eating a. We got a pizza, called into the mm-hmm. hotel, we ate it, and went straight to bed. Like it was, it was yeah. long days for sure. Well, grind don't stop. Hustle can't quit. Just our job to keep up. Well, um, I'm impressed by your by your resume, Dallas, of how many tournaments that you've gone to. The fact that you haven't missed one, um, I'm excited to start going myself to some more. But having not been to any of the real larger out of state tournaments yet, you know, I obviously see all the content online. Um, but as someone who's involved in MLW, what's maybe one thing that you wouldn't necessarily 
grasp from what you view online, say like on Instagram or maybe some of the videos that come out about the tournaments? Like, is there anything else that you could sort of, you know, point at and say, yeah, you, you maybe wouldn't expect this or this is something cool about the tournaments? So I would say like for MLW guys, just especially when we're going to like Texas or we're going to Illinois, just traveling and kind of getting to see new states. And Kyle does a good job of picking great facilities as well because both Scrapyard Sports and uh, P- oh, was Peoria's. Believe uh, Slugger Sports Complex. Yes, that complex. They're both super nice, like all turf for both of them. But that's the one thing. And for fans, it's just the atmosphere is awesome. Like you got there and you're everyone's – I rarely ever see like – anybody having a bad time. Like I always see smiles in everybody's faces when they're there. I think it's cool just because MLW is very niche, you know? Mm-hmm. So just think about, you know, you guys, I'm sure a lot of you like have typed comments on our Instagram and on our YouTube videos and have sent us DMS, you know, imagine all those people that you see commenting on our videos from time to time. Like imagine meeting up with all of them and hanging out yeah. and, and playing with ball and meeting the people you watch on YouTube all the time. So it's, it is like a real community building event. Um, I, not that I, you know, I haven't really joined or like been a part of a smaller community like that in my life, especially when I was younger. So to see all like these, like even, especially like the kids that are starting to mature, like the 15 to 18 that year olds. That you see again and again. No, but I'm saying like kids that come that are, you know, mature enough to be on their own and maybe they mm-hmm. drove themselves like they're 16, 17, 18 years old yep. and come and, you know, become friends with other players that are in the tournament and talk about when they started watching the league, um, you know, where they're from, what do they do, where they go to school, getting each other's phone numbers and Instagrams, that kind of stuff. It's, you know, people just make growing friends. That and you've seen people community. that have like joined different teams or formed a new team just from meeting people at our tournaments, which is pretty cool. So how you guys probably read some of the comments on the different platforms more than I do, but how often does that happen where you actually meet someone at a tournament and you might recognize them? Like maybe you don't follow them, obviously, but you might recognize their name from like a comment, someone who comments all the time or mm-hmm. on all the posts. Honestly, more often than you'd think, because like I said, those frequent commenters are the ones that are really invested and want to come out and the meet diehards. you. So of course, I don't put the name to the face right away. So people are like, hey, what's up, man? I'm Brad. And I'm like, how's it going? And then like I hear Kyle or somebody else is like, oh, that's so-and-so from Instagram. Or I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, you? Like I, I, I've seen your stuff before. Yeah. They get really excited that you, you've noticed that. Um, at this tournament, I'm sure you guys have seen over even a lot this year, you've seen graphics that says like we, when we post them on our Instagram, it's like via MLW dot now, mm-hmm. it's one of the accounts and the person who runs that was at this tournament. So that's nice. pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. The one that catches my mind when you talk about like people meeting up that you know of, I'll give a shout out to on the rise from Midwest Slugfest. Like that was a, guy, a kid from Iowa, a kid from Indiana and two kids from New York. And they and the two kids from New York flew into Illinois, and then they played as a four-man team in Slugfest. So they were literally like they didn't know each other until that tournament in August, like last year. So, so that's, that's the they met like that's in our so comment cool. section, yeah, and formed a team. That's so that's awesome. Cool. So um, we we also had a we also had a celebrity, I guess, guest, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, celebrity guest, a sports guest, an athlete, an athlete. Just a little you bit more talk about that a little me. bit. Yeah, I do. I'm actually excited to talk about this because um, if he's not on your radar already as a baseball fan, um, get him on your radar. Josh Young on the Rangers. He'll officially be a rookie next year. Amazing guy. So nice what he did this weekend. Um, Not only just offering to come out and show up and and showing excitement about it beforehand, but literally stuck around the entire day. Talked to our players, our guys. Talked to other players at the tournament. Talked to parents. 
was there from sunup till sundown both days, was helping me like box up um, backstops when the rain started to fall, helping move fields, like was there the entire weekend and actually was so helpful and so nice and did not need to do that at all. So I still have to message him because um, he, he had a flight to catch late Sunday evening. We were still there. It was crazy. I couldn't even say goodbye. But what a dude. Just such a yeah. nice guy. So that was awesome. And, you know, once he left, of course, I'm doing more and more research on him. And, you know, it sounds like he's a pretty darn good ball player. So I'm excited to watch him next year. But weren't you surprised by that too, Dallas, just how genuine he was? Oh, yeah. Not that I was surprised, but, like, mm-hmm. it's just awesome to see. Oh, yeah. And the one thing about Josh was it was crazy how much he adapted to wiffle ball, too. Like <laughs> I was, was going to say, more importantly, how was his wiffle ball game? <laughs> yeah. Especially he was pitching. I was I was over there up in the game, and I just looked down, and Josh just throwing gas. And just, <laughs> yeah, Josh adapted really well to wiffle ball, hitting and pitching. Yeah, I, I have a new goal now for these MLW tournaments, by the way, Jack. And I, I kind of watched it somewhat unfold in front of me, but like I, that when I made the final goal because – their Josh's team with Kyle and Nick, um, their first game on Saturday was against, I think, a team called like the Cappy Bear or something like that. But it was kids who were clearly fans of the channel, um, probably hadn't played too much wiffle ball in their day, but were out there having a great time. Mm-hmm. So it was like gym class heroes type team versus like a pro baseball player. So here's my two new goals. I would love to see, for this to happen, I want to see a full MLB roster on a tournament team. So like three or four guys that play professional baseball or like any pro yeah. athletes, I guess. And I want to see that team take on the gym class hero type team of just amateur athletes. That'd be so funny to watch. Yeah. But I also want to see the pro athletes versus the pro wiffle ballers. Mm-hmm. Like the, so like the pro baseball players versus like the fast pitch, super competitive national wiffle ball players. Oh, that in would the be game. a great. That'd bit. be so cool. You could I make think a video ball, just by itself. Of I that. think the wiffle ball players would win just because it's their game, of course. Yeah. But I think you'd be surprised just based on how good Josh did this weekend at how fast the baseball players would adapt. I mean, because yeah. they're well, just so good. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're just the best. their hand eye. Just any pro athlete, that's yeah. some of the best athletes on the entire planet, like, you know, top 0.01% or whatever it is of, of athletes, you just, they're so athletic and their hand eye coordination is so good. So I think that'd also be awesome. That would it was be, just cool yeah. seeing, like I said, the kids that are, you know, out there playing in t shirts with duct tape on the back and a pair of jeans, you know, striking out an MLB player. It was just, it was so cool. It was hilarious. That would, that would be so interesting to watch. I feel like you're right. I feel like initially, the wiffle ballers might have a leg up in that scenario, but then over time, the baseball players would quickly adapt. Yeah, dude. However, if, and you, they, flipped and you, know they're it, all if you flipped it, it wouldn't even be like close. Oh, like yeah. it wouldn't, it would just be absolute, an absolute <laughs> blowout, which <laughs> yeah. is so, which is funny. Well, but. that's why wiffle ball is a great game, yeah. especially the way we play it. And someone, I think it was, might've been you Dallas. You're like, why can't we do a tournament with, you know, knife balls and big blue bats and stuff like that. And I'm like, because this levels the playing field, you know, mm-hmm. playing with a lightly scuffed ball and a skinny yellow bat, whether you are the gym class hero or the professional wiffle ball player um, that flew in for this tournament, there's a chance you put bat on ball here and something good happens. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it really makes it competitive for people of all backgrounds, all different skill levels. Will the better teams win most of the time? Of course, but it doesn't mean you might have an electric moment where you stick your bat out and hit a home run. Yeah. Whereas if a pro wiffle ball player was throwing you a, you know, cut ball screwball from at 95 miles per hour from 48 feet away, you're not touching that. You know what I mean? No. I'm not touching that. Mm-hmm. I've been playing this game for 10 years. So that's what's cool about it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Overall, great weekend. I'm definitely exhausted. I know Dallas was too. Sounded like you had a rough morning at school. You had to go to school. I mean, I had to work today. You get back to it, get back on the saddle, but I know school can be it's a beast of its own, so I feel for you. Yeah. Actually, so so my flight, I took off at like 
it was somewhere around nine o'clock and I got back around twelve fifteen. Well, we had our luggage coming to the conveyor belt and the conveyor belt broke midway into the luggage, all the luggage coming out, and me and, and Blade flew with me and our luggage still had not come out yet. So we waited like an hour to grab our that luggage. Was the absolute worst. And then we didn't leave the Detroit airport till like two thirty. You got back at like three thirty. So I got like two hours of sleep and then I got to go to school the next morning. And funny enough, I get there and I have a state test to do that I didn't know about. So that was awful. I almost fell asleep doing it, but I did not. So how do you think you did? Um, I, it actually too bad for as tired as I was. It wasn't horrible. I think I did. Okay. You're a pretty smart guy. You got, you got that adrenaline running. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, yeah. my day was not easy either. We had the, the 5.30 a.m. flight. So Dallas was talking about p.m., Sunday night p.m. So Dallas left the field at like 6, their group. We were there till like 9.30, got back to our hotel after we ate dinner at like 11.15-ish, 11.30. And then Warda and I are just exhausted, slap happy, laughing in the hotel room. <laughs> and we had to leave the hotel at 2 a.m. to make this flight. And finally, I'm like, Warda, it's 12.45, bro. Let's just go to bed and get an hour of sleep. He's like, all right. So probably fell asleep at 1, got 45 minutes of sleep, wake up, just a zombie. And I was like having this weird dream too. It was not good. Yeah. Get up, drag myself to the airport. Um, and then we had to, you know, wait in line with our luggage. It was a long line at the Delta thing. It was all screwed up. Anyway, so I got 45 minutes of sleep overnight. Then on the flight, maybe two hours or so. Pretty good sleep on the flight. And then, yeah, a lot of work to be done still, which is stressful. Pod tonight, of course. But I had, I slept from like 11 to 1.30. I, I had to get a little bit extra because I yeah. knew tonight would be a long night too. So definitely tired it's gonna be a long week but i'm just soldiering on to the holidays and that's hopefully the problem I can take a couple of days off that's the problem is when you have like one day like that mm-hmm. you, it, it takes you it's like being sick like it takes you like a whole week to recover so but you just gotta chip away every night just get to bed a yeah, little bit earlier every night i gotta be night. disciplined i gotta be disciplined for sure yeah um my friends get mad at me often when they like they want to play video games and it's like 9.30 at night, I'm like, I'm going to bed, guys. I'm like, come on, what are you doing tomorrow? You're not doing anything, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, I'm not playing COD with you till midnight, okay? <laughs> it's Tuesday night, but uh, anyways, yeah, long day, but Dallas, for real, I do appreciate you and your families and Blade's support and help this weekend to the moon, so uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Hope you had fun. The banana ball was on point this weekend on full display. He was he was rocking his own merchandise, and uh, st- stay tuned for, um, we had Dallas take on Josh Jung, a little 1v1 at bat action so stay tuned on mlw tiktok to see that full at bat releasing probably later this week but dallas thanks for joining us tonight buddy yep thanks for having me tom take it easy yep see you jack another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we're going to make a harsh transition here, guys. Um, we have to, but thanks for Dallas for coming on. But the Lions, fellas, come on. Come Round on. of applause for the Lions. Let's go. What a, what a month it's been for the Lions and for these Detroit fans that have been starving for some wins. Unbelievable. Um, come on. I feel like nationwide now. I know what you guys bash us sometimes. We're talking about local sports teams. This is this is a net, this is the hottest team in football. This is that's <laughs> the thing, is this is the best part about it is 
It's it's watching the game on Sunday, but it's waking up on Monday and and looking yeah. at the headlines and watching Sports Center and everyone's talking about yes, how I your know. team's actually talking good. about Dan Campbell and Dan, Jared Goff. Yep, it's, it's awesome. That's it's the awesome. best. It's been fun. I know this is building up to my dreams being crushed and we don't make the playoffs or of we course. lose in the playoffs, but I'm enjoying this while it lasts. Have I was to. I was absolutely crushed. I'm not gonna lie. I was thrilled to be in Houston at the tournament, but I really wanted to watch the game. Um, and I don't want to ramble on too long. But anyway, I ended up getting invited to the game for free. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be in Houston and I can't go. I was so bummed. But you can ask Warda when uh, I was checking my phone like every half hour or so. And I didn't want like, to distract me, of course. But I was seeing it. We were in the lead the whole game. I'm like, we might do this. We might do this. And then I checked my phone. It was like 17 seconds. We were up by 10 points. And I was like, we're going to win this game. Yep. And then I saw it go final. <laughs> I had another one bites the dust playing on my phone. I was <laughs> dancing around. It was funny. Everyone's like, what are you doing? I'm like, look, it's one. They didn't care because they're all Houston Texans fans and Cowboys fans and stuff like that. But I was excited. So it's amazing. We're excited about this. And I was telling Jack, we have to talk about the Lions tonight, right? Right. We have to be a crime not to. But of course, I wanted to tie it back to MLW. So when I see this Lions team, I just think of kind of like an unexplained run out of mm-hmm. nowhere. Just a team getting hot when you least expected it, right? They were one and five. They trade away one of their best offensive weapons, which was TJ Hawkinson, if you're familiar. And now they've won five of six with the only loss being a close game to the Buffalo Bills, who's arguably the Super Bowl favorite. So you can't really explain it. Um, we knew we had talent, as a lot of these teams in MLW do, but when you put it all together and you start winning games, it can be magical. Yep. So I asked Jack, well, what do you think is comparable to this in MLW? In, in recent memory, is there a team who's just kind of struck fire out of nowhere and, and made a run when we least expected it? Well... From from personal memory, I would say one team that comes up right away is the 2018 Predators that I was on, where mm-hmm. where we started. I think we were I think we were 0 and six when we started, and then we traded for Cratch, mm-hmm. and we finished like I think we finished seven and eight. So I think we went seven and two. Yeah, and that was like That's crazy. It was just enough. It, we it was like. Being on the Preds, like, oh, 0 and 6, like, here we go again. It's another <laughs> season. And then we just caught fire out of nowhere. I mean, that 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 was a little different because we did, like, add a critical piece, and he but, was a difference maker. But, but Cratch wasn't the man he is now no, back then. I no. mean, we knew he had potential. Yeah. He was very young. He hadn't pitched a lot. His bat was so-so. But I yep. think it was just, like I said, it was just kind of like a kick in the butt. Like, okay, we made yep. a move. Let's let's start winning some games. Yep. I, I looked back at that season as well um, when I thought about this topic. And I found it really funny that I was reading like the headlines. So each game in on our website has like a one sentence like headline of the, mm-hmm. of the story of the game, and your sixth loss. So Cratch's first game on the Predators was against the Seahawks, and you guys both went into that game zero and six. We lost, and you and you and you lost to the Seahawks. It was like the winless. It was like the Seahawks get their first win at twenty eighteen. <laughs> I was like, man, that Preds team was down bad. We were, and then you guys dude. went on a run. We were. You remember that predominance? You know, in the uh, in the documentary, you 30. saw the sharp turn in twenty eighteen when Cratch came into the picture. Yep. I think Kyle did a good job of portraying that. Yep. So yeah, um, you guys fell short that year and got it done next year. Hope the same is true for the Lions. But yeah. Um, yeah, that one I did not see coming because, like I said, I knew Cratch had potential, but I yeah. didn't think it would be all of a sudden the Preds can't be beat type yeah. situation. You know what I mean? Similarly, it's not it's not exactly the same because the Lions are actually playing like really good football, and mm-hmm. they they are a good football team right now. But they could 
sort of kind of squeak into the playoffs if a lot of the cards fall the right way. Mm-hmm. And that kind of just reminded me about <laughs> basically every Magic team, mm-hmm. like other than this year. We always had slow starts and then somehow squeaked our way into the playoffs. In 2021, we traded for Trevor. But even and before, we had a big run when one we got hot once we got him. Yeah, when you got bottom, I think you won four in a row, two yep. in the regular or four of your first five with him, two yep. in the regular season, and the game you lost in the regular season like didn't really mean a whole lot. You already clinched, right? And then you won back to back against the Cobras and bottom balled out. Yeah, but um, even before that, like yeah, your guys' hope was dwindling. You're playing the D backs and Curdy hits that home yeah. run. <laughs> like you had to have that to make the postseason. Had to, had to. It's so funny. Um, yeah, Preds for sure. Magic, I thought about as a franchise a lot. Um, I think I'd love to see the Magic get over the hump just as much as I would the Lions. Maybe that's a yeah. little bit of an exaggeration, but I think the no, fans would, I think it's the, sim- the I Magic think it's winning. Well, the Cobras are now kind of in that boat too. With the, I feel like the Cobras aren't as much of an underdog as the Magic, but it'd be a lot like the Preds' first championship, like because the Magic have a lot of fans and the Preds did too. Yeah, and just seeing the Pre- the Magic, you know, celebrate a World Series title, I think would be a special moment for a lot of longtime fans. If you're a fan of the Magic or not, you know what I mean, right? I think that like championship series would look like the mat, like the country would be all Magic fans versus the one small fan base of that actual franchise that they're playing against. Right. You know, the other six teams that are not a part of it would all be rooting for the Magic to win that series. Right. Just like the Preds. I was rooting for the Preds like, yeah. when the Preds played uh, the Eagles in 2019 for sure. We I know we do have fans out there because you know we were one of the like we were one of the four expansion teams mm-hmm. and that, that was kind of timed up in a way that when you know that was timed up in a way where our channel was was really growing and so a lot of new people who were watching were naturally like gravitating towards the new teams like obviously the d-backs have had a lot of success but the amount of d-backs fans is crazy mm-hmm. for how little they've been in existence compared to say like the wildcats like there's a lot of wildcats fans out there too but they've been there since day one and a lot of you know new viewers who were latching on to the the new expansion teams and we're the only one that hasn't really had like a ton of success you know well, that's like, what's cool about MLW, though, is because like a lot of times when you're, let's take my life, for example. I was born and raised in Michigan, you know, less than an hour outside of Detroit. Um, so I'm a hardcore Detroit sports fan, mm-hmm. as my parents were, because they were born and raised in Michigan, too. And this kind of just like the cards you're dealt. And of course, you love it. You embrace it, and you're excited to root for those teams all the time. But for a 14-year-old kid who's on YouTube on his parents' iPad, and discovers MLW Wiffleball, it's like, well, this is cool. Which team am I going to root for? And you can actually right. make a decision as to like could. who you're going to root for because these teams aren't like really regional. I mean, the They're names are, re- tied to a the city, names are regional, yeah. but that's just what we started when we were 10 and stuck with that team, right. you know? So you can pretty much choose who you want. And I think a lot of it has to do with personality, actually. Yeah. I think player personality plays a huge role in, in fan bases. And I think play, people like watching you play and the, and the energy and the passion you show kind of the unexpected runs of the Magic, I think, are exciting to watch as a fan. Same thing with the Predators fan base when they weren't very good. For sure. How how fun it was to watch Russell and Warda together just having fun. I think that plays a huge part in it. For sure, yeah. Which is cool because, like I said, a lot of kids are born just, like, rooting for who their parents did. You know what I mean? Absolutely. What were were some other teams that you thought of um, when we were thinking on this topic? Uh, About teams getting hot? Yeah. I uh I thought of which this is a little bit different. It was it was funny thinking about it. I was I was laughing, but um I thought of the 2017 Cobras because when I was going through the seasons and looking for teams that kind of went on runs, um the Cobras were actually four and eleven during the regular season in 2017. This is when everybody made the playoffs. Like present day, they wouldn't have made the playoffs that year, mm-hmm. but everybody made the playoffs. And then 
Um, this is when they got to the World Series against. This you is guys, when right? they basically had the World Series won and right. they didn't finish. But yeah, when they got to the postseason, finally they were four and eleven, but they won six of their first seven games in the playoffs. Now the reason I was kind of laughing, wow. thinking back at this, is because this would never fly in MLW nowadays. We have rules in place against this, but Drew like was just start adding people. Like he was pulling the best baseball players in our city at the time to play with him. That's why they got so good. So it wasn't quite as organic as the Lions run. Okay, but. It was it was a run nonetheless, you know what I mean? So that counts. And Cobras fans probably didn't care. They loved it nonetheless. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, for sure. The Cobras fan base was definitely a lot smaller then than it was now because of just how much the channel has grown the last five years. But uh, it was definitely exciting because both the Mallards and the Cobras in that World Series, that was like the first non Schultz Brothers World Series. It was two new ish teams. Like the t- mm-hmm. Cobras were one year or er, that was the Cobras second season, the Mallards first season. So that was like a big turning point in MLW, like seeing the different talent that we had to offer just in our own city. You know yeah, I mean? for sure. So that was cool. A lot of talent. But other than that, yeah, other notables I had too were the Wildcats in 2020. In 2020, the Gators ended up making a run in the playoffs. They got hot and Cheatham started to pitch really, really well and they won that season. But in 2020, Wildcats actually went on a 10-game span where they won nine games. The schedule wasn't the hardest. There was games against the Magic in there, against the Cobras who didn't make the playoffs that season. But... I mean, 9 out of 10 is impressive, nonetheless. Yeah. And the previous year, in 2019, they didn't even make the playoffs. So that was a pretty good turnaround as well that I that I noted. Yeah, good turnaround. It's always just like, regardless of the sport, it's just so cool to see teams. Like, obviously, we're biased and really want to see the Lions, you know, mm-hmm. see it out. And no, like, but I've told you, I like playoffs. following stories. I really but do. stories, just headlines, like, it's just cool. You like, know? if I'm a fan of the NFL right now, I'm 100% looking to watch the Lions, like, live every yeah, weekend because it's exciting for sure it's, and it it's like you know the fans are all amped about it the coach is crazy like yeah it's just cool. especially especially the especially the fans of other like similar franchises yeah that exactly you know exactly. what i mean the the cleveland browns the mm-hmm. the jacksonville jaguars like those kind of those kind of organizations that like feel our pain mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah for sure this is what i've been saying too and maybe this is the year jack i don't know but like, why can't the Lions just get lucky once and go on a run like this in the playoffs? Because we've seen teams like the Jags who made it to the conference championship that one year and they had yeah. Blake Bortles and their defense was insanely yeah, good. They, they like, did, where'd that come from? I know. And then the Bengals were the worst team in the NFL three years ago. <laughs> Last year, they go to a Super Bowl out of nowhere. Like, why can't the Lions have that year? I want the Super Bowl win. We all do. But the fan base just wants to watch like a successful and exciting run. Yeah. Like, right now, what we're having is awesome. And I the tell playoffs you what, would be just as cool. There is nobody right now that would want to play the Lions. No, like there's why would not, you? not a team in the NFL that would not be worried to play mm-hmm. the Detroit Lions. And the best part about it is as as a franchise, you know, normally in this position with the with the Lions, we would it would kind of be like it would kind of be I don't know the phrase I'm looking for, but if we keep winning, our draft pick would basically get worse in the first round. Mm-hmm. So the inevitable collapse near the end of the season or, you know, not make failing to make the playoffs is kind of like all for naught because like yep. it would just basically hurt our draft stock. Mm-hmm. But through the trade with Stafford and, and Goff with mm-hmm. the Rams, we actually have the I Rams know. first round pick. So like all these wins and the Rams like not being that good. I know they won their last game, yeah, but like... That was tough, but them not having a great season so far is just like, 
the icing on the cake too because we can keep sure. winning and we know that we we're still going to have like a decent draft and pick. with golf playing pretty good i think the fan base and I, I would assume the organization is kind of at a consensus where okay this guy can can lead this team yeah so we don't need to really draft a qb anymore i don't want I, them to draft a qb I, maybe you do but i think that's a um that'll be a pivotal moment signification of like are we turning the corner as mm-hmm. an organization because we used to just be so bad <laughs> at drafting players, like so bad. And now uh-huh. we're seeing like now we're seeing um, our new GM like do a good job at drafting players. Like mm-hmm. we have all these good young guys like Malcolm Rodriguez, who's like a fifth, like yeah. sixth round pick. Like we did it. Obviously, Aiden Hutchinson was kind of like a no brainer, but he's mm-hmm. panning out. Kirby Joseph, like our safety, who's yep. like. I don't know what what round we picked him in. Maybe like third. Un, I th- who, don't we have someone undrafted in the secondary right now? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm we not do. Kidding. I'm not sure, but I'll look up Kirby Joseph. But either way, um, you know, it, it, in times past, we would we would go out and we would uh, we would draft a tight end. Uh, we would draft a wide receiver that mm-hmm. you know d- lead, leads the college football in, in yeah. drops or something like we would just do dumb stuff and get a linebacker it, in the second round who was a fourth round projection yeah and 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 so Sorry. i'm i'm interested to see what they do with that pick because i think with our o-line and our weapons on offense jared goff is more than serviceable he's been great all year really and if we could take those picks and really like bolster our defense yep. that's that's made tre- tremendous leaps and bounds from mm-hmm. the beginning of the season. And if we added a couple more pieces, it could be, could be dangerous. I know drafting. So important. What did, um, what did Kirby go? And did you see, did you find round, it? Third round. Yeah. That's what I thought. Um, yeah. Drafting so important. We see it in MLW all the time, but in MLW is a lot different because a lot of it just comes down to dedication and the player you take actually like putting in the effort to, to get better, to play some wiffle ball and to actually like put his heart and invest his energy into MLW. You know what I mean? Yep. Cause the market's so much smaller. We don't have, you know, we don't have four years of game film on this, or eight years no. of high school and college on this player. So it's totally, totally different. No. But, I mean, whether it's the NFL or not, if you don't draft good, you're not going to have a good team in the future. So, but so we, we always we, keep in mind. Yeah, but we can, we can see how much of a difference that makes oh, in yeah. certain teams, but also how teams take different strategies. Like, for example, like the Predators, you know, Ryan kind of touched on it, how they drafted Mac Hawley to kind of just like mm-hmm. fill in where need be. Yep. And cause they were good with their core, you know, some NFL teams like the Rams have been, they were just like, we don't need any picks. Like we're just going to roll with who we got. Yeah. And, and now that's like kind of backfiring a little bit, mm-hmm. but it worked for them to get yeah, a Super got, Bowl. They got, their they got the job done. Um, the Gators similarly with trading their picks in the Chadwick trade, Mm-hmm. They're kind of saying we don't really need anyone else. We're going to go with these guys and we're not really worried about like adding picks in the future. Mm-hmm. But you could see a team like the Cobras who made it to the World Series this year on the backs of two of their most recent draft picks mm-hmm. in Baranowski and Sawyer Bien. I mean, those guys were phenomenal this year. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool to see the different like strategies of the managers um, regarding the additions of the draft and whatnot in MLW. Yeah, I think it's viewed out. differently by everybody. It's still so new. Yeah. You know what I mean, and some guys have panned out. Some guys have not panned out. Some guys, it takes time for them to pan out. Like, I mean, I think the Cobras fans were calling Baron a bust last year. And, yeah. And look at him now. So, like I said, I think that's a lot about the player actually investing his time and energy into this thing that we have going on, which is MLW. So For sure. Definitely interesting. 
But I hope I hope you guys out there at home are, are tuned into the Lions and rooting along with us, and, and let us know your thoughts and feelings on the games, because of course we'll be uh, we'll be tuned in. I probably can't watch again this weekend, which is a bummer, but I'll be rooting hard. I, I might, Jack. Are you thinking about? I might go to the last home game. I don't know. It's New Year's Day, which is kind of crappy, but I'll see. I might. Uh, that could be electric. I don't think my dad's been to a Lions game in like ten plus years. I might buy him a little surprise ticket for Christmas. Him and I go to a game together. That'd be such a good thing to do. Which, like I said, it's New Year's Day, and I asked Does he today. To this podcast? No, he won't hear this. Okay. Um, <laughs> really supportive father, huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but. I asked him today during dinner. I was like, you're going to be up north for New Year's? You're going to come home? He's like, yeah, I'll probably be there till the second. And I was like, uh. I told my mom I was thinking about that. And he's like, she's like, we'll come home. He'll, he'll want to do that with you. So I'll let you guys know if I end up going or not. But go Lions, baby. That's all I got to say. Go Lions. But all right, should we wrap this one up? Keep it kind of short. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. That was a good episode. I think it's been a good pod. I really enjoyed that segment we had with, uh, with Dallas. Yeah, I think that went well. It was great. And to reiterate, um, to everyone who came out to Houston, thank you. It was a really fun weekend. Definitely a long weekend and tiring, as you guys can tell, um, but totally worth it. You know, looking back, those are some of the best memories we have with MLW, and it puts it all into perspective, all of our hard work and all of Kyle's hard work and everyone in the league, you know, playing their part to, to build it to where it's gotten and just seeing it come to fruition and seeing all the fans who are saying, you know, we love watching you guys and your videos as a family, and you can tell even some of the parents are like, my favorite team is this, but he likes this player and that kind of thing, so... It was awesome, and it was also cool. I love seeing also, um, you know, in these annual events that we've had at the same locations, seeing kids that were there last year, yep. you know, have grown up, gotten a year older, and are still playing, or brought in new players, brought in more friends. It's also really cool to see the repeat customer. So always good to see. And Josh Young, of course, thanks to him for coming out. Uh, it was awesome. It was special, and I think he could be uh, the next big thing in the MLB. So big rookie season coming get up it, for him. Get his trading card. Get his card now. Get his yeah. card now. Follow him now and, and get on the bandwagon. So, all right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Next week, Christmas special, round Ooh. two. It's going to be me and Jack for sure. Maybe the commish. I don't know. We're working through a couple different things this week. The schedule's tight, but uh, Christmas special next week, and then probably going to do another off week between the Christmas and the New Year. You guys can just enjoy that one with your family and friends. So, exciting stuff. Let us know what you want to see in the Christmas special, too. Jack and I are brainstorming, but we don't have like a hard cut schedule yet so yep. let us know what you want to see in the christmas special next week but we'll see you then and we'll be in ugly sweaters there's a heads up this time that when you hear our voices we will be in the ugly sweaters because <laughs> <laughs> last time you guys didn't know we were in halloween costumes yep all right see you guys what was that Did you hear that <laughs> Was that a logic so, fart? Did ghost? Did a ghost just fart into the microphone? <laughs> I, I didn't fart. I wonder if that picked up. I promise you, I didn't fart.